Hello, everyone. I want to acknowledge that our time and attention is a non-renewable resource. We don't know how much of it we have, so we choose to be intentional. I'm delighted and grateful to be sharing this moment together with you. Cheers to our beloved community. In order to build on our ancestors, help us currently, and provide a better world for future generations, we must consider our problematic cultural beliefs that hinder our emotional healing. Cultural belief number one, control your emotions. Commonly, this is through an intentional breathing, escape and distraction, addictions and obsessions, and many more. Cultural belief number two, emotional wounds are complicated, take a long time to heal, or they can never heal. This can be seen as trauma, grief, aggression, and more. Cultural belief number three, logic will resolve emotional blocks. Cultural belief number four, if I am offended, then it's the offender's fault. Each of these beliefs are false, disempowering, and all four are speaking to fear of our inner power. Fear is the root of personal and communal tensions. Love, however, is abundant when fears are integrated. So, how do we build a coherent community that empowers individuals to self-heal their fears and uncover their emotional brilliance? Let's begin a journey into looking inward, saying yes, feeling stuff, and awakening emotional brilliance through the integration of our fear-based physical sensations that no longer serve us. This seemingly simple process will create emotional sovereignty and uncover a new depth of love so we can join together to build the bridge that leads us to flourishing our coherent community. Has anyone ever noticed when a friend or family member is emotionally triggered? We could talk for years about all the times we've experienced being aware of someone near us that is incoherently drunk off of their own emotional sparks. Offended, angry, aggressive, anxious, sad. The list goes on. Let's take this a step further. We can easily see a trigger outside of us, but in the moment of emotion, it becomes much more difficult to feel that we ourselves are emotionally sparked, a trigger that is rooted in fear. Fears collectively generate our stress, our anxieties, our emotional suffering, and our physical dysfunctions. It is the locking mechanism which keeps societies disempowered and conflicted towards one another. Our emotions, at their core, begin as physical sensations within our body. We know we are angry because we feel it within our bodies. We feel sensations inside our body first, 
Then we cognitively label these feelings as an emotion. We do this to try to make sense of our experience, but we inevitably stop our self-healing superpower from doing what it does best. Our emotions are attempting to improve our response to our environment. However, recurring emotions that hinder our lives are inherently outdated projections that no longer serve us and are a detriment to our society. Yet these irrelevant sparks still persist. So Vincent Van Gogh once said, quote, let's not forget that the little emotions are the great captains of our lives and we obey them without realizing it. End quote. I'll repeat that again. Let's not forget that the little emotions are the great captains of our lives and we obey them without realizing it. So where do these captains live and why do we obey them? Our body mind is wired for prediction. It's an automated process. Do you want a piece of chocolate? Hmm. So as I'm chewing this piece of chocolate, which is absolutely delicious, my favorite are darker chocolates that are less sweet. It begins to melt in my mouth. My mouth begins to salivate. Mm. And my body feels good experiencing that. So what does that chocolate taste like to you? And then I'll take a little drink of water. And the same thing I ask again for you, what does that water taste like? You can feel the experience that I'm experiencing as I'm eating the chocolate and drinking the water, and your body has a similar response. So by me saying the word chocolate and you hearing my experience while eating it, your body experiences a cascade of sensations connected to your meaning of that word. Your first experience of chocolate creates a sensorial imprint that you carry with you going forward. And each experience thereafter updates that prediction. The word by itself tells your body what to expect. It predicts. These are our captains. Our emotions are automatically triggered in the same way. My work here is to teach you how to sharpen your awareness so you can see the inner workings of your disempowering emotions. Once you do this, you can heal them forever. Our subconscious mind, which houses our reactions and automated actions, is our prediction control center. Our subconscious mind is the home of our disruptive emotional reactions. It records and processes about 20 million bits per second and is operating throughout 95% of our daily activities. We are almost completely unaware of this automated technology within us that runs our lives. This is the heart of our obsolete emotional reactions that our loved ones are quite accustomed to 
and yet we have difficulty seeing them ourselves. In comparison, our conscious mind only contributes to 5% of our lived experiences, processing at a mere 40 bits per second. It feels as if we are conscious of every choice or action we make, but the reality is we are primarily unaware of how our body and brain directs us from moment to moment. I'm certain that those who practice mindfulness techniques can increase the power of their conscious mind. However, when it comes to emotions and high-stress moments, the data is out. We are overpowered by our predictive emotional reactions. I believe it's time to become friends with this powerhouse within us. If you can't beat them, then join them. This is why we see ourselves want to act better but stress occurs and we quickly obey our captains. So I must reiterate, 20 million versus 40. Insert an auditory mind explosion emoji here. What? So let's compare a real life visual example to help us better understand the complex inner workings of our conscious and subconscious minds. Because this presentation is strictly an audio format, Use your inner landscape to visualize this as I speak. I have an averaged size glass marble in my hand that has a diameter of about 17 millimeters. This tiny marble will be analogous to our conscious mind. Now let's compare our tiny conscious marble mind to the largest mountain on earth, Mount Everest at about 8,800 meters above sea level. Mount Everest will be analogous to our subconscious mind. Imagine the marble is on the beach at sea level and Mount Everest standing tall right next to it. We would have to stack 500,000 conscious marble mines on top of one another to equal the height and power of our subconscious Mount Everest. Again, our conscious mind processes 40 bits per second, and our subconscious mind processes 20 million bits per second. This is like trying to compare the very first computer of the past to the technology of the computers we have today. The magnitude of difference is astounding. When we understand how our emotional triggers are created within our subconscious mind, we can begin to see our path towards healing them. From conception until about five or six years old, our Mount Everest records everything, most especially high stress moments, which is a unique perception to each of us and lays the foundation for our current outdated emotional predictions. What we perceived as stressful at five years old now invades our life no matter our current age. Imagine how many high stress stre imagine how many high stress moments you could have gone through during that period. You may not remember, I may not re remember, and yet we know the body mind does remember more than we could fathom. These prediction patterns experienced in the moment as a sensorial imprint invade our life as disruptive emotions and become recurring, disempowering, and imprison us because they have not been attended to properly. 
Keep in mind, our body constantly regenerates. We are built to self-heal our wounds. We are magic. So let's attend to our emotions by acknowledging the way nature has constructed them. We can use our conscious mind to tap into the supercomputer powers of our subconscious mind. And when we do that, we increase our abilities for higher levels of awareness. We strengthen our ability to walk like we talk. Here's the recipe to align our walk with our talk. This is our access point for self-healing our emotions. One, we feel an emotion. Two, look inward by closing our eyes to feel our physical sensations that produce the emotion. If we feel sensations and we are instantly accessing the incomprehensible data processing powers of our Mount Everest that is producing our emotions, we're tapping into our captains. Three, we, our magical marble, our conscious mind does nothing. We say yes to our sensations, we surrender. Choosing to not control your sensations is what allows for a unified integration. Once complete, the sensorial imprint will never invade our life again. Our high stress moment of trauma has been witnessed. The sensations completed their pathway. Our predictions have been updated to the current reality of our safety and our desire to thrive. This obsolete prediction has been harmonized and will not resurface itself. Woo! Okay, I get it. That is a lot of technical lingo. It kind of goes down into the depths, but sometimes we have to do that to uh, begin to understand the things, the captains that control our lives. So knowing this is both helpful and detrimental to us in our goal to harmonize the root of our emotional distresses. So here are some real life examples from myself and my clients. I once thought that I didn't have any fear. I didn't have any troublesome emotions. I'm not emotional. I remember being asked a few times throughout my life, what do you fear? My mind would freeze. I had no idea. That question itself put me into a freeze response. However, if you asked my friends, they could easily create a never ending list of the things I feared. I thought I knew who I was. I had many preferences and designed my life around them. Then I became a certified practitioner in the emotional resolution technique, MRES for short, which is everything I've described up until this point and so much more. Early in my practice, I had worked with three specific clients that had various phobias, fear of bridges, fear of deep water, and a fear of flying on planes. Each phobia was harmonized within one 60-minute session, respectively. And these individuals were then able to go into those same environments that previously sparked them, now with updated predictions, and could enjoy themselves without even trying. They self-healed their disempowering emotions. They went into those environments and they kept looking, but nothing resurfaced. I was astonished. 
Most phobias are considered incurable and or take a lot of dedicated work to make any effective progress. Most individuals that seek conventional treatments end up on medications. This common understanding did not align with what my clients had just experienced with self-healing their phobias. Even though I saw these phobias become completely resolved with a simple, quick, and natural method, I was still skeptical. How could they have rapid and sustained lifelong healing of their phobia if those problematic control, uh, cultural beliefs I described earlier were true? These repetitive self-healing experiences urged me to re-examine the foundation of sand that these beliefs were built upon. At this point, I had seen transformations within others, but I hadn't experienced it personally. Every answer to who am I changed the day I decided to sign up for a presentation at my undergrad university's event called Naropa's Healer's Day. This event was comprised of students that were sharing their healing modality with their fellow community. I decided to share emotional resolution at this public event. I felt completely comfortable knowing that I was going to give a talk about this transformative technique that I used with my clients. Until about 15 minutes before my time to be the expert in the limelight. My magical marble, my conscious mind said, yeah, I can do that. While my Mount Everest, my subconscious mind said, no way, Jose. Do any of you in the audience fear public speaking? Apparently I did, but I didn't know it at the time. And so a pivotal point occurred moments before showtime. I realized I am anxious and I'm aware that I'm anxious. I'm having a disruptive emotional spark right now and I'm aware of it. I am triggered. Hey, I know what to do. So I close my eyes. I feel my sensations. I feel tightness in my throat. There's tension in my stomach. I'm a bit dizzy. And I say yes, and I do nothing. The dizziness is it's, it's subsiding. I feel heat down my back. And the tensions are gone. I don't feel dizzy anymore. So my physical sensations moved around and did some things until no more things happened. I felt a sense of calm and my body became quiet and content. This happened in less than 30 seconds, for real. I began my talk and to my surprise, I did not have my all well-known anxieties that I previously had to spend my resources controlling. Now with these updated projections, I could feel my body and think clearly. I was calm and knew what I wanted to say. I spoke at a tempo that made sense. I actually felt invigorated. I finally experienced what my clients had embodied, a newly integrated version of myself. This is emotional brilliance. This is emotional sovereignty. I am magic and so are you. Ever since harmonizing my anxiety spark, 
I have said yes to obsolete fear invoking environments. I now know on an embodied level that fear controlled my life and it still does, but it's my work to find it. And I have complete confidence that I can integrate the fears that conflict with who I am and who I desire to become. I now let life come to me. I see how my body responds and I attend to my sensations as emotions arrive or I find them afterwards if I become aware of them. Emotional sovereignty transported me into being a leader for a student group, into speaking on the Naropa Uke podcast, and into freelancing my dream business. Things that I know my outdated fear-based sensations would have stopped me from doing. I'm here today, an expert in the limelight, as a testament to the self-healing capacities of our body. Let us all quicken our healing and shorten our suffering. We have the technology within us, and those around us deserve this from us. Our world deserves this and is in desperate need. When we heal our emotions on the sensorial level, we inherently help to heal others in the process. We are tuning forks whether we believe it or not. We are intricately connected to our environment, and our bodies resonate and transmit in accordance with those around us. Relationships are a spectacular example. One disruptive spark begins, the torch gets thrown back and forth, soon both people are on fire, and then the house is on fire. However, when one person takes responsibility and chooses sensorial sovereignty, the tone becomes harmonized and their spark subsides. A coherent tone is unearthed from within. Emotions teleport us through the gateway to our sensations, and these become our compass that guides us to uncovering our infinite potential. This counterculture act requires creating space to truly feel our physical sensations. When our sensations complete their pathway, we're then able to re-enter into relationship as a new version of ourselves. And that inevitably, inevitably makes the other person jump into a new version of themselves as well. Because that ping pong stops being pushed back and forth. We can build relationships where we generally help one another in noticing these sparks in the moment they arise, or even after they arise. If we notice it in someone else, chances are we are also sparked. Start where we are. My family and friends and respective audience, you have permission to give me a generous nudge when you notice this in me. I would love the help. So let's continue working together to disrupt these problematic cultural beliefs and discover genius ways to unify all perspectives that support our emotional empowerment. There is no one person that will provide the answers to our world's problems. And I believe the answers to our world's problems are buried deeply within each of us, muzzled beneath our fears, awaiting our dedicated attention. So as we integrate these fears and support others in doing the same, we will uncover our emotional homeostasis, a feeling of contentment, a feeling of peace 
within our core. When this homeostatic birthright is collectively utilized, it can then provide us the pathway to creating a community that is conscious of the personal responsibility to integrate emotions that are no longer useful to us or our society. When the synergy of unified positive emotions coalesces on a massive scale, we will then have the somatic clarity to embody love towards every sentient being. Love that is devoid of fear becomes the bridge that will lead us to creating our heaven on earth, our beloved community. And speaking of a loving being that was devoid of fear, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche once said, quote, the clitoris of your heart gets stimulated and you either fall in love or you get pissed off, end quote. Your Mount Everest will get sparked and choose your reaction on your behalf and make you obey your captains. And now your magical marble can lovingly engage this reaction with a new conscious awareness by looking inward and saying yes. Oh, the possibilities. I have provided you an owner's manual to the emotional self-healing biotechnology that is your birthright. This manual doesn't have any words and it's full of sensations that are unique to you. It's worth your time to discover what your sensations are trying to tell you. So be curious, have fun, and love on. So thank you very much for joining me. That's the end of the presentation for today. And as you